0: This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These
1: ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands,
2: and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by AMC Theatres. The Oscar race is heating up once again with the official list of nominations announced, and you can watch this year's Academy Award-nominated films at the AMC Best Picture Showcase, which will feature the nominees back on the big screen from January 24th through March 12th at an AMC theater near you. Now, whether you're seeing these films for the very first time or you're catching up with them again before the big ceremony, AMC theaters will be bringing this year's nominees back in order to be seen the way that they were intended. In a theater. And for AMC Stubbs members, you can use your A list reservations to see three of the nominees in one week. So grab a friend, gather the family, and head to your local AMC theaters to see this year's Best Picture nominees, including Everything Everywhere All At Once, Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans, and of course, Top Gun Maverick. Check the link in the description of this episode and search for AMC Theaters Best Picture Showcase for more information and to buy your tickets. Hello, Blenders, and welcome. Welcome to episode number 246 of Real Blend, a podcast that promises to be shorter than the Oscars ceremony. My name is Sean O'Connell, and on this week's show, Oscar nominations are here, and I'm actually kind of excited about them. I can't wait to hear how you guys feel about them. We're giving our reactions and we're going to review the movies of the week, uh, including what's the one we all saw. You people, you people starring Eddie Murphy and Julia Louis-Dreyfus and a slew of other funny people. Uh, which we will discuss at the end of the show. Um, By we, of course, I mean Kevin McCarthy of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. Kev, how are you, sir?
3: Good afternoon, Sean, Jacob, Gabriel. Great to be on with you guys. First time, long time.
2: (laughs) And uh, the other guy in blue over there is Jake Hamilton, Fox 32 in Chicago. Hello, Jakey. How are you?
1: I got my Tom Hanks letter. Yes, you do. I just want want everyone to know. That's true. Yeah, we have everyone to know. Yeah. Tom is Hanks it loves me yet. Not yet. It it's, it's been a week, um, but it shall be framed with nice. the both. I've decided uh, both the photo of all of us and uh, the single photo that I have with him yeah. from.
0: Uh, did you get some some Larry whiteout Prince. since it was addressed? Dear Jack, did you have to make the no. correction?
2: No. Hey, uh, let's all ask Gabe what his letter says.
0: <laughs> Gabe, What is your letter from Tom Hanks say? <laughs> he doesn't send me letters anymore. We just we just meet once a week for coffee for coffee. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, that
0: gotcha. Makes sense. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I know you're joking, but I'm
1: like weirdly jealous of your hypothetical lie.
0: I'm jealous of your fake relationship uh, with Tom I, I Hanks. I might have signed an NDA. I might be sworn to secrecy. I I'm,
3: don't know. I'm thinking about framing mine with both interview photos, even the Zoom one, because it kind of speaks to the times we're in. Sure. Um, so I was probably going to do our real life Oh, one, that's interesting. And then put the Zoom one, because the Zoom one's what led to the letters. Um, I guess incongruent with the uh incongruence with the um Elvis one, but yeah, I think i'm gonna put that's them interesting in there, yeah,
2: hey, not to go down the rail already uh or off the <laughs> rail or however we're saying it. We didn't even start on a rail I think. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times when I'm uh editing stuff or or working on some stuff that's kind of like mindless at cinema blend, i um pull up YouTube and just listen to like clips in the background of you know other interviews or different things are going through. And I landed on a Joe Rogan clip uh, where he was talking about the Kennedy assassination and when all of this um, footage got unveiled. Right. And then it went to another clip of Oliver Stone being on uh, the Joe Rogan show. And he was also talking about things that he knew about the Kennedy assassination. And then the next clip up was Oliver Stone on our show. (laughs) And I went. I went, oh, my God, Oliver Stone <laughs> was on our show. Yeah, like, I had just completely forgotten about the fact that he came on our show yeah. until we came up in the rotation.
3: Yeah, we did. And a we did minute. good. Yeah,
2: we did we, great. I
1: yeah. was kind of nervous. Is not,
2: um, he
3: intimidates
1: was, me. It's, it's yeah. not that it's not that St- I don't find Stone to be because I know we've all interviewed him multiple times. I don't find him to be necessarily a tough interview to conduct. I find him to be a tough interview to edit. If that makes any sense.
2: Oh, interesting. Just because he's windy.
1: He's yeah, he's I mean, he's uh, it's he takes you on it like you ask him a question and he takes yeah, yeah, you yeah. on a tour of the mind of Oliver Stone before he, he gets he around to answering your question.
2: He wasn't that bad that day. He was yeah. pretty
3: concise. We did a JFK. And like it was for 30, JFK. Yeah, yeah, I, like, yeah I think. I. Yeah, I don't think I was a part of that for some reason. Yeah. All for right. People out there yeah. listen to it. If you had a chance, it's like it was a show. We did a, like a 30 minute breakdown of JFK. If you're a fan of that film, definitely listen to it.
2: Well, let me tell you where you can find that uh, interview, guys. You can go to YouTube and search for uh, Real Blend Oliver Stone JFK if you would like to and give it a listen, much like I did. We are over at youtube.com backslash Real Blend podcast. And Gabe, by this point now, the ticker has to have crossed, right? Oh, Abe showed but, me a little screen image.
0: Yeah, we were like, uh, let me see if it's already, this morning we were like three subscribers away from another like thousand milestone, like eleven. 11,000,
2: we We're at 10,997. I thought we just 10, crossed 10,000 10,
0: 10, the other day. We're at
2: 10,999. 9 oh stop come on oh. now everyone <laughs> listening knows how much that bothers me
0: no i've just taken the i'm just <laughs> taking the channel offline and we are we're no longer eligible to be subscribed to
2: uh it, it, we're of course available all the places you get audio podcast met as well too but someone go and subscribe please if you're listening to this and and you haven't yet i'm just gonna, gonna, I'm just gonna, gonna unsubscribe
1: we'll, so it gets you away from that number
2: we'll get one more before Eric's. the end of the day have uh, you signed up for real blend premium, that is a place where you can get extra premium. real blend episodes every Monday, as well as a newsletter every other week and an ad free version of the show. So check the description, wherever you are listening to find out where you can get real blend premium for your additional real blend needs. All right. As mentioned at the top of the show, the Oscar nominations were revealed on what day? Tuesday. Tuesday.
3: Yeah. The 24th. Yeah,
2: today's Wednesday. And we were talking about the fact that um Riz Ahmed and Allison Williams did a uh, Fantastic job yeah. with um, which, which is funny to say, because it doesn't seem like a complicated thing to do. But like more often than not, we are critiquing the people who are doing it. And I thought well, they did there, a really great job.
1: There's also usually I feel like t- way too much pomp and circumstance to it. I love that it was basically yeah. like here they are come out the nominees, like I, I you don't need yeah. to. Don't show me as someone who like as I know Kevin was too, like getting gearing up to do a live hit on air about the nominees. Don't don't hit me with like a three minute montage of all the movies that came out last. Like we know if we're mm-hmm. watching this, we know what came out last year. Like we, we just <laughs> just tell me what's nominated. Yeah,
2: you know what's funny about it too. Um, the first category was um supporting actress, mm-hmm. and so maybe we'll start there as we discuss that. And I feel like everybody was so excited by the five nominees in that category, especially Stephanie Sue. who yes. uh, you know when she, her name got nominated everybody was applauding. And then they went to like some technical categories mm-hmm. and I feel like the people in the room felt like they needed to continue to applaud for every nominee <laughs> that was listed and I think that was genuine for supporting actors and I think for everything else they were just like all right now oh, we're yeah, he was to going to give us going because they were they were clapping for all the things they were going over. So let's go to actor in a uh, or actress in a supporting role. And here's how we're going to do this. I will read the nominees, and then uh, you guys can tell me standouts or things that make you really happy or sad. Um, Or confused. Or confused, yes. Here are the uh, five actress-in-a-supporting-role nominees. It is Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Hong Chao, nominated for The Whale. Um, Although I did see a lot of people saying that the menu. Her performance in the menu might have helped. You know, might have also yeah. might have pushed her tortillas. Over the edge. Uh, Carrie Condon got a nomination for the Banshees of Inisherin. Jamie Lee Curtis getting her very first nomination. Is that correct?
3: Her first yep. Oscar because nomination. Yeah, that's cool. That's crazy. She should have been nominated and won for True Lies her performance <laughs> in tr- see you guys laughed her performance in no, True I, 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 only laugh, I only laughed
0: not at the choice I was because I what I was going to say was who at home finished the sentence before yeah I was saying I, I knew because you, yeah. that, movie, you yeah. that movie no
3: but in all honesty if you actually think about how hard that performance was in terms of like not even just the dancing sequence but just the whole arc of her character and the adventure she wants to go on with Simon Bill Paxton's character to the end where she becomes an action star with him I mean I, I actually think that was a really amazing role for her and, and again it's action so people don't think about it in terms of Oscars just like y'all's reactions but well, I'm no I, because
1: I would argue that but I would say that if we're thinking out of the box I think she's better in the what year was it the 2017 Halloween in terms no. of what was required of her in terms of uh, the, the and this is her favorite phrase new, but the
2: first yeah, Warren green. Yeah, yeah
1: I thought she was jo- what, what she had to express there I thought was more impressive she was than good
3: great in that. That. yeah but I don't know I think true lies is my favorite thing she's done but just from a the grand scope of performance she does everything in that movie but well the fifth nominee the I fifth digress. nominee in the
2: category is, is stephanie sue who i want to mention is uh nominated for Sue everything or shoe. Is I, sure it's am shoe, i saying that i right? believe is it is it shoe stephanie i believe it's shoe all right well i'm thrilled that she got in yes because it it she hasn't been getting nominated in a bunch of different places and michelle Yeoh and she Kwan have been getting nominated did she okay um and so they get her and Jamie Lee Curtis both nominated in the same category, I think is terrific. Yeah. Um does anyone else think Angela Bassett's not going to win this? Um you know because I think I, she's got it locked yeah, up. Yeah,
1: I think it's done. Uh, you know, I but I think I, I, it's by no means is it just a uh a career uh award. Oh I, no, no no. It's it's very it's very deserved. But I also think th- the mentality of she should have an Oscar by now definitely also helps her case. Sure. Um, this you know,
2: speaks a lot to what Kevin is just saying, though. This is a performance in a blockbuster.
1: Yeah, essentially. And then, I you mean, it's the, the very first you don't say Marvel nominated performance ever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And also, and I
2: think yeah. that a lot of performances had to overcome this, the stigma of being in a quote unquote Marvel movie.
1: Yeah. but I mean, Heath Ledger <laughs> won for Dark Knight. So, you know, it's not the first one to win.
0: Yeah, but, you know, but the Dark Knight was like, sorry, I didn't The Dark Knight was kind of like the elevated superhero movie, the way that people talk about elevated horror, you know? That was Yeah, the but they still
1: didn't nominate it for Best Picture, which is one of my like Yeah.
0: Did Toni
2: yeah. Collette get nominated for uh Hereditary? She did. Didn't no, she? she did
1: not. Really? Yeah, she did not. That's oh, I actually wow. talked with uh Mia Goth about that yesterday when we when I interviewed her for Infinity Pool about why cuz I actually do think well, we're going to talk about Infinity Pool later, but um, but I actually do think that she was worthy of more awards consideration than she got for her performance in Pearl. Um, OK, and we had a really great conversation about like why the Academy doesn't appreciate horror, the horror, horror. genre, yeah. specifically horror. because aside from, you know, notable exceptions like Exorcist and Sixth Sense. I mean, guys, can you guys think of like any real massive horror films that have performed well? A science of lambs, I guess. Yeah, but that was thirty years ago. Get, get out, out, get out's get out. a good, get out's a good example. Always notable yeah. exceptions.
3: Yeah, and I mean, I think with the Angela Bassett thing. Um, well, first of all, it, it, there's it's interesting. There are moments when you watch something where you feel such a weight of emotion behind a delivery, and I, and I and I I remember, and again, I'm not trying to promote my own interviews, but like when I when we talked to Angela Bassett for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Um, and I just asked her about that line and kind of what was going through her mind this minute and a half to two minute answer. She gave me about the depth of history and what was going through her mind when she says, have I not given everything? Um, I I just remember standing there going, first of all, we're on a carpet and you're giving me an answer that I feel like people would probably get in like a sit down intimate, like interview. Like she was really minutes, really, really uh, passionate about that moment, but also it gave me a lot of insight into the her her strength as an actor. At the end, at the end of the day, you have a line on a page, but for her to take it that many steps further, because you feel all of that when she says it like, you know, and, and yeah. I remember I remember hearing the line in the trailer and then hearing it in the film and sitting next, sitting next to Sean when we watched it. And there's a weight to that line and the weight to that moment that just feels it feels extraordinary. It feels different than a lot of lines that I heard in films last year. Um, but then on top of it, and I know the Academy is not going to watch that clip of what she said about that interview, but it is fascinating to think about how much thought process goes into something as simple as a, a line of dialogue. And I'm not saying it, it. I don't know. To me, that was really eye-opening to her process eye-opening to the to how much she cares about what she does um, to how much she wants to get across certain points within performances that are that are important to her um, and I just found that to be like so admirable I mean, I was just it was just kind of like a, a huge eye-opening thing for me to hear her talk like that and I've always thought she's been amazing She's great in uh, Fallout. She was amazing in Fallout. The the the, um, the half-fallen films she's good in.
2: But I also want to bring up a point, though, too, that it's as effective as that, that speech is and that moment is. It's She's not winning for that scene. Like, if you go back to the opening of the movie, when she's addressing the oh, U.N. Yeah. And even the way he, like, Ryan Coogler paces that out, where she's, mm-hmm. like, calling all the other countries on their bullshit, basically, and then showing how they've been sort of coming after Wakanda and trying to get their... Um, Uh, I was going to say adamantium. No resources. Vibranium. Uh, uh, Vibranium. Vibranium. Unobtainium. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Um, What's the new one
0: called in the way of water? The brain juice. Uh,
2: The brain juice. (laughs) I don't remember. It doesn't have as bad of a name as Unobtainium.
0: I love it because um, they've made that scene to point out that it's no, we're no longer going to discuss Unobtainium. There's a new,
1: <laughs> a new thing. And it's called Brain Juice.
0: It is now. Uh, let's
2: get to actor in a supporting role. Uh, yes. Actor in a supporting role. Uh, in which case we're going to have another case of two uh, actors from the same film, which in my opinion, always kind of splits the vote. But then this one also is a category that I think has the winner kind of predetermined before we even go into it. So this is uh Brendan Gleason nominated for the Banshees of Minishiron. So was Barry I thought it Keoghan? was Barry Keegan. Keogan It is Keogan. All right. This uh, why am I why did I get chosen to na- read the names of the nominees? <laughs> this was a bad idea for this show. Oh, no. Have you heard um, about his
3: story, by the way? Oh it's way it's an unbelievable story. It's an un like an un uh, I read somewhere uh, how he what, became an actor you mean? Yeah, like he his I want to say his parents or his mother died at a very young age, and then he was put in Mm -hmm. multiple foster homes throughout his life. Oh, wow. And and he essentially responded to some ad for a commercial, I want to say it was. And then. It was like a street ad somewhere. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, I cannot. His story, I I don't want to, I don't want to botch it. Look it up. Just look up his story. There's a great clip on Twitter right now that where he talks about his history. It's amazing how, where he is. Do you think Matt Reeves is,
1: is punching up uh, the Joker scenes?
2: Oh, <laughs> hell yes.
1: Oh, Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What I love, too, is that he sent in an audition for the Riddler. The Riddler, yeah. Like, he wanted the Riddler part, and then Matt Reeves was just like, no, I'm going to throw you, I'll throw you the Joker instead. How about oh. that? Here's He's that incredible upgrade.
0: in Banshees. That, that scene oh, that everyone points to where he, he asks Carrie Condon's character out, basically, yeah. is just... But-
1: but my, oh, my the, favorite, like, like one-two punch amazing. is like oh, he's like all the things we have in common, and she's like we don't have anything in common. And he's like don't skip ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the look on his it's, face. So, sorry, Sean. Yeah. It's a great movie. I don't know what's wrong with you.
0: I would love you know, <laughs> that's a scene that I would love to see him or the, or the two of them um, with a uh, uh, writer director's name. Excuse me, Martin McDonough. Martin, Martin McDonough. McDonough. I, the three of them just ta- like dissecting that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to see. Yeah, that. it's
3: funny. I ran into Martin McDonough at the Critics' Choice. And I walked up to him because my favorite line in that whole film is when um, Colin Farrell switches the word feck to the, you know, to F-U-C-K, because the whole time they're saying feck. Um, and then when he says the F-U-C-K line, it just has so much weight to it because it, it, it it's it's very different from anything you've heard so far in the film. And Martin McDonough was like surprised that I recognized that he was like, I'm actually surprised. I'm surprised that you noticed that I'm like, that was the most effective line in the whole film. Like, like did you think people not would not? notice how great of and I remember talking to people after they saw it and they some people just didn't catch it because it is such mm-hmm. a quick little change. But to me that's the whole arc of the character. That's the that's the moment he just doesn't give an F anymore. <laughs> and he's like cause mm-hmm. the whole time he's trying to get Brendan Gleason back as a friend. And I think McDonough McDonough was like super happy that I noticed it. And I mean I don't know if he was just doing it to make me feel good or not, but it was just cool to like hear his reaction. I thought oh, he was I've seen yeah.
2: I've seen you say that to directors multiple times where you point out like relatively minor things and they're pretty. <laughs> I did it to Scorsese you, one time. Picked up on it. I,
3: I was in a Critics yeah. Choice and I brought up an edit that he the had in Wolf of Wall Street. No, no, no. Yeah. But, I, but we were I was at, we were Critics Choice and is the Wolf of Wall Street year. And there's a strange edit that happens in the beginning of Wolf of Wall Street when DiCaprio's walking into Spike Jones's Spike Jones, right? Like in the, in the beginning yeah, yeah. of that movie into that area where he's making the calls. Garage. Well, It's almost like a strip mall. And the edit makes makes no sense. And I remember I I pointed out to Scorsese and he was like he he was blown away that I noticed it (laughs) because I I don't think it was like it's such a jarring edit. But I think maybe he hoped that nobody would notice it. I don't know. But I remember him being like freaked out that I even caught it. I pointed out something one
1: time to Scorsese. I was like, dude, no one else is going to get this. But in the last shot of The Departed, uh, they show a rat. Right, right, right. And it's interesting because Mm. Matt Damon (laughs) Mm-hmm. Was a rat. Mm-hmm. And then Wait, you what? show a rat. Yeah. And, 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 no. Marty, and Marty, and he asked me to call him Marty, was like, Barty. I can't imagine anyone else <laughs>
0: would get that. And I was like, no, it <laughs> yeah. was a rat. He gave you a special thanks on uh, silence. <laughs> because that yeah, question, that's right? exactly so right. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone else was he silent said, about it. yeah. He
2: said, This is wild, Jake. We didn't even plan that. That we rat really was through. <laughs> And I had no other footage. So I had, hey, keep, had to keep it in there. I just yelled at the
0: operator. Get that. Get that shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rat. All right. Here are the nominees for actor
2: in a supporting role. Uh, Brendan Gleeson, again, for the Banshees of Inishirin. Uh, Barry Keoghan for the Banshees of Inishirin. Brian Tyree Henry, surprising a lot of people um, and getting in for Causeway. Judd Hirsch for the Fablemans. And then Kehoy Kwan for everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, Brendan Gleeson hasn't. Did he, did he pick up a bunch of noms on the way up? I thought it was a lot yeah, of Colin Farrell. Yeah, he's
1: been he's been it's it's been him and Colin Farrell all the way. Like the the okay. the constants in this category up to this point have been Gleeson, Kyogen, and um, and Kihoi Kwan. Kihoi Kwan. OK, the, the so last Derek two Hirsch slots was... were sort of. Well, and then in terms of the, like the Fableman boys, it was going back and forth between Hirsch and Dano. A lot of people I know were leaning more for Dano. Um, okay. But I, I mean, Kevin, when you and I saw Fableman's. I seem to remember both of us going because, I mean, I feel like Dano's performance is very understated. Like, I mean, if you're like if if you the fact that they would nominate potentially Dano for Fablemans, but not for There Will Be Blood kind of blows my mind. But like, I always thought Hirsch had the more Oscar potential. And didn't you and I sort of lean like when his scene was over, didn't people applaud in our theater when he when he exited?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like
1: I I think didn't you and I like in that moment? Maybe I'm maybe I'm like remembering this in our
3: like we we're just like, OK, there's his Oscar right there. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought for sure that scene was wow. so it played so huge. Yeah. We, we were I mean, we were in this major auditorium. Was it TCL Chinese? Mm-hmm. Um. And uh. and it was packed. It was like the AFI Fest and that that scene just really it was like it was it was unbelievable. It was like the ending of a show and everyone was just like clapping. It was it was really well done.
2: But again, I'm going to point out that this is largely uh, four actors who are ready to lose to ki Hoi Kwan. Uh, yes, that's true. I'm going to be stunned if this Oscar category goes to anybody but that. And, and none of us are upset think about that, that right? is, I mean, that's amazing. Not no, he's amazing. Say, deserve no, it. No, yeah,
3: that's... Deserved. Also, yes. if you listen to our interview with the Daniels um, from our show, they talk a lot about the fanny pack sequence and how that was shot in basically one and a half days. And you start realizing how tight this film was to shoot and kind of how what they got out of their performers and their actors and especially him, because obviously, you know, his story is incredible. I mean, the idea of, you know, going from Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom and Goonies and everything uh, I read, I, I could be wrong on this. You know, he was working as a stunt like he was working yeah. in stunts prior he was a stunt
2: coordinator on the first X-Men movie.
1: Right.
3: Yeah, and there's videos of him on set. Isn't
2: he an Encino man? Yes, yes, he is an Encino Brian man. Good.
1: That's why him and Fraser have like that really cool connection, which is
2: so cool. This I whole mean, tour for him has been like a reunion tour. Like the picture with him and Harrison Ford has been fantastic. Yeah, uh, and at one point they got Sean Astin and then Jeff—I can't think of his last name—who plays Chunk from the Goonies. They they got up and presented him with one of his awards. Like oh, it just been, cool. and then of course, like i said, like him and Fraser, uh you know, going back to Encino man. Like this has just been a terrific sort of run through the marathon and a story for him. So, I dig That's it. Fantastic. I think it's terrific. Yeah. Uh actress, let's get to actress in a leading role uh with some really interesting choices here. Uh so, we have Kate Blanchett who was nominated for Tar, On uh, a Day Armis coming back and getting a nomination for <laughs> Blonde. Oh, I think that that is
3: Ugh. well deserved. Yeah. She deserves that yeah. nomination. Do you have any idea yeah. how hard that You're performance was? Me, oh my yeah. god.
0: Wait, Jake Movie aside, are you I didn't that think her performance, performance was good. Okay. I did not think her performance was good. Interesting. Oh, wow. All right. Well, uh, Andrea
2: Riseborough got in for a film called To Leslie.
0: I would like to touch on that, that
2: too. <clears throat> yeah, in a second. It didn't even get a U.S. Dist- it didn't get a U.S. release. That film has not been released anywhere it's in a, the States. It's a, that, that was that a big overseas. controversial one. Yeah. Well, we can get to that in a second. And then um, the two Michelles. Michelle Williams was nominated for The Mins and Michelle Yeoh was nominated for everything everywhere all at once all right let's get to andrea riseborough yeah so the story behind her uh nomination is that she got a number of uh fairly famous friends of hers uh to campaign behind the scenes kate winslet and her and, her and, AD and- <coughs> gwyneth paltrow and yeah. Brad pitt from what i understand um which again ed Norton, completely I think was on that
1: list of, yeah
2: yeah, completely valid. Like, get your uh, nomination okay. any way that you want to get your exactly. nomination.
1: Exactly. But See, that's what I don't understand. There seems to be this backlash against her that like, oh, like you've got all your famous friends to use social. But it's just like, how is... That compared to a studio pouring millions of dollars into an Oscar campaign, it's like what's it's like, how is one better? Like, honestly, I think it's more impressive that you didn't have the millions of dollars and you did this grassroots tour and God forbid used word of mouth to get people to watch your film. Because I don't care if it was like Kate Winslet and Amy Adams and Gwyneth Paltrow on social media, people Enough people had to watch the like like there are a lot of voting actors in the academy. And those five, six A-list people posting on Instagram doesn't get you a nomination. Getting people to watch the film and put your name down, gets you a nomination. And clearly that's what happened. And I don't understand why people at least I feel like I'm seeing people upset about that.
2: Well, one of the reasons I think people are upset is because of the people who got left out. Yeah, I know Viola Davis was a, a, you know. Not a front runner ever, but uh, like in contention. Deadweiler, Deadweiler
1: King. should be nominated.
3: I think Kevin has my back on that. Oh my god. The scene yeah. in the courtroom when when it's like a wonder and the way her eyes, everything about that sequence, I I'm the I'm, the, the what a mother knows yeah. sequence. Uh, oh yeah, that, that whole sequence is just brilliant. And, and and again, I've said this before on the show, Till was a great film because it dealt, in my opinion, with a tragedy, but the idea of a mother and the the just the the unlimited love that she had for her child and what she was willing to do to help other people in the future. Uh, and I thought it was her performance was absolutely incredible. She elevated that film. I do think she deserves to be in this list. And, I, and, and uh, you know, I love Viola Davis and the Woman King. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had to choose one or the other in terms of a nomination, I think that Weiler. I think should be in there. I mean, I, I would love to see both her and Viola Davis in there because they, Viola Davis, her performance is incredible because it's not even just an emotional performance. The physicality of that role was oh yeah, unbelievable. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I was talking about this on the air today because those are two performances that I do believe deserve to be in that list. But then who do you remove? Jake, you and saw, the, yeah. sorry,
0: you saw two Leslie, right? You're the only one who's seen yep. it. Yeah, I watched it last night should she be in this category? Do you feel like it's
1: it's a a very strong performance? Like she does. She does a very good job. Um, I I think what's her her part. So the premise is um, a woman who when you meet her at the beginning, you already maybe sort of get the impression that like maybe she's got trouble with alcohol and and she's maybe a bit of a partier and a bit of a wild and crazy woman. It begins with um, her on the news. She's just won uh, the lottery But like it's not a massive amount, it's like one hundred and ninety thousand. I don't say that's not a massive amount, but in the scope of like when you think of the lottery, one hundred and ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, it's not enough where like I can just do whatever I want for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And so
1: the uh, she she finds out that she wins at a bar. So she's being interviewed by the news in front of the bar and you hear someone say like, hey, you know, drinks on you. She's like, yeah, drinks on me. Cut to black. Six years later, she's blown it all. She is basically homeless. She gets kicked out of a hotel and it's kind of you're following her on this journey as she's kind of being kicked out, bounced from place to place. Like she goes to live with her son for a while and then she goes to live with some friends for a while and she ends up working for Mark Marin in kind of this flea bag motel. And I mean, it's, it, um, on his it, podcast. Yeah, it's, yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly right. Well, you know, what's funny. It actually kind of gave me like, because it's set in West Texas. It almost kind of gave me that slice of life, uh, Florida project vibe, particularly when she goes to oh, work at the motel, because Mark Marin kind of plays the Willem DeFoe part. It's a very strong performance. Like it, it is. It's very strong. Is it like worthy? Like, d- does she deserve the spot over Deadweiler? No, she does not. Right. But she's not, you know, even, even if she... Got the, the, the nomination however she got it. She's not the first person in history to get a nomination over someone who deserves it more. And I, what I do no. think is interesting, I'm curious as to your thoughts on this, how this is going to change campaigning for Oscars moving forward. Because both studios behind Woman King and Till poured millions of dollars into their Oscar campaigns when this word of mouth grassroots tour knocked them both out in theory. If those if those are the ones on the cutting room, you know, or on the on the chopping block, those yeah, are the but, two on the chopping well, block.
0: But like, I don't think it's going to change the amount of money that people spend on that. Sure, because but, like, be, what but do you gonna, think they're going to call? They're well, gonna no. Call, but i was saying, like, do you think other actors who would, like Paltrow maybe are <laughs> kind, like, kind, kind of know, yeah, like, like you know, they're starting <laughs> to be like, hey, start posting for me on social. Uh, maybe m- maybe, but I think that doesn't try. happen unless it's they're like genuinely friends and they're sure maybe like I I don't know what the the full story is behind that. Like I could see a situation where. She didn't get that like her movie didn't actually get the proper release. And so they're just trying to help this like really great performance. Like I could see that I do. You you guys mentioned this. I do want to highlight this because I don't want to brush past it. The, a lot of the controversy, though, is the it seems. And if you look at the way the Oscar or, or the the awards have been running up, it seems like she replaced potentially two women of color in a category. Yes. When the Oscars is still under pressure to sort of inclusivity and diversify. Uh, not only who they nominate, who they award, and all of that. So I, I think it's it's a complicated situation where I think you cannot try to be upset at Andrea Riceboro herself, but it is frustrating when you see you know you would say established Hollywood celebrities are the ones who came in and changed everybody's mind the last minute and and took out you know one or two women of color from contention for for an award that that you know. I, it would mean a lot. It, people brought. No, up I understand
2: that. that. But you know, it would be interesting if if Andrea Riseborough got in, and each of those other two women got in, would would anybody make a big deal? Like if she had knocked well, out Michelle Williams and Anna de Armas, would would the controversy be as well? Like, no, because it's different. Really, be as mad for how she earned the nomination. Well, that's
0: what I'm saying. It's it's not just like I'm
2: saying she campaigned, but she didn't campaign to say like I'm going to knock these two out. Right. You know, you never know how that how the slate is going to fall of the five. She just campaigned for one of the five open slots.
0: Sure. But that's my point is it does mean more whenever we're talking about the emphasis of diversifying these lists that they're putting together every year. um, Sure. That yes. Yeah. They wouldn't be as upset because that wouldn't be the issue. But I could definitely see people still being upset, maybe not as seriously because it's not as a serious subject if you know, Michelle Williams or Kate Blanchett or like someone who has this like performance of the year that they're like, oh, this is deserving. Everyone thought this was deserving. It's weird that we're swapping that out. You know, it's weird that they're being taken out in the in as serious as you should take the award itself. Well, that it is yeah, different. I, I, when I would like
2: to I want to interject just briefly to to put everything in context. Like these awards are still really silly. You know, yeah. like I know that they can be important on a certain level. Um, But it's not like the performances by Viola Davis and uh, Danielle um, are being stricken from the record that well are, you know, like no one can go watch them ever again. No, but there is a boost
3: boost that you get from (laughs) a nomination like that
1: to Leslie last night, a film that. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I would have ever seen had it not right. been for this out of the blue. And you know, what's a bummer about about particularly Daniel Deadweiler is I truly think and Kevin, I kind of want your thoughts on this. I just don't think enough Academy members watched the movie. That's 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 all because I cannot yeah. imagine anyone seeing that film yeah. and not putting her name down. So yeah, I, I mean, think I think yeah. they looked at the subject matter. They saw what kind of film it was and thought,
3: uh, I'll get to it later. Or like, uh, I just don't really want to watch that. And what's interesting about it is the movie is actually about a mother's 100%, incredible journey, 100%, right? Like and, right and the journey like like how she takes this horrible tragedy and turns it into a history-changing thing that will help people. And like and at the end of the day like you know it's it's a tragic story obviously but when you watch the film and you see what her arc is to me like like if, J- if Jake's saying that people didn't watch it all the way through because it is such a it's a really, really amazing, amazing arc that her character goes on. And you leave that theater feeling a mother's love like I've never felt before, like in, in terms of like watching it in a film and what a mother will do for her child. Um, it's interesting because I do think Viola and Daniel should be in in this category. I really do. Who do you take I, I, out? I, I would take out Michelle Williams. And I love Michelle Williams in The Mens, But I think. Both Viola and Danielle are are, personally, I thought, gave stronger performances. Um, just, just me. Like you know, Ana de Armas I, is. Say what you want about Balan, That performance is outstanding, and and, and it's an incredible, incredible performance. Um, I th- And again, I, and again, this is something we have to we have to be truthful about. I, I hadn't seen Too Leslie. I have not seen Most it yet. It was not. It was nominated on Tuesday. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. It's so Wednesday. I can't. I can't speak to <laughs> <Yeah, yet, laughs> yesterday. It was nominated <laughs> yesterday. Um, and and well, so, I'm saying like it's only like, been one like, day. Like, right. Like, you, you know, I'm assuming yeah. you will watch it. You've it's only I will, been one day. I course and, and and that's the thing is so i can't speak to that nomination because i don't know the performance enough to give an opinion i'd be on curious it. to hear your thoughts but i am at the moment i do feel that michelle williams as much as i love michelle williams and she's great in the fablemans i think that slot should have gone to either viola or danielle and if i had to hey, choose let- one and i and i hate this because kate blanchett said this at, 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 at the critics choice when she was giving her While speech
1: holding an award
3: i know but then jake has his thoughts on that but she basically kind of pointed out this idea of like how these award shows you know put people against each other, and it 's crazy because one person ends up winning, and what does that mean to the other person who doesn 't win and that 's the thing is like both you know we're talking about Danielle and, and Viola specifically because those are the two major names that have been coming up a lot in conversation surrounding the Oscar nominations, and very deservedly so, they should be in this conversation um so yeah i don 't know and until I see to Leslie which I will watch, obviously, uh, in, probably this weekend before we even dive into more Oscar talk. Then I'll have a better idea because I can't imagine this this category without Viola and Danielle. I, I just don't understand right. how that's and, and, and it really setting everything aside, performances are phenomenal like they are just incredible performances especially danielle i i could i, I would be happy to live in a world where danielle deadweiler wins best actress because i'm telling Boy. you that scene in the court is it, it is it's probably the most powerful thing besides Kate blanchett and tar probably the most powerful immersive performance would i've you, seen from an actress last year if
0: you were in charge of nominating and and giving the award for you, it'd be between her and Michelle Yeoh, you think, or you would put Blanchette up there as
3: well of like, I uh, know Michelle Yeoh definitely stays.
0: No, I'm just saying uh, like for you personally, if you're saying, cause you just said like, you know, you put her up there to win.
3: I think Danielle's performance, listen, yeah. I love Michelle Yeoh and everything everywhere all at once. Danielle Deadwilder's performance hit me harder. Okay. But, but I mean, they're both amazing. And, and that's the thing. Yeah. It's well, like, and
0: it's, I mean, everything very all once different. Is, is a very <laughs>
3: emotional story, but it's not sure.
0: It's not the bleeding heart. Emotion yeah. of a, you know a mother's loss like that's they obviously yeah. that's very different yeah so, yeah and everything so everyone wait, so of the yeah of ahead. the
2: five who's wins this of the five who's taking it oh, i think i'm, not giving, wins, I'm yeah.
1: not giving out the goods just yet i gotta say yeah, I, yeah, guess yeah, yeah, not, yeah. I guess we're not i guess we're doing that a little bit
2: closer we're doing too. that later um i think Kate Blanchett's comments of the critics choice of costar i think i don't thing, think so i think I, that's some so, I don't see
1: that many people talking about it to be honest with you oh you gotta keep in mind only 18 people watch the critics choice awards
2: Good point. That's a very good point. Oh, I uh, also do one. want to mention though that if Michelle Yeoh wins this category, I'm not mad. She, oh no, no, Michelle! Incredible. I want Michelle,
1: Michelle Yeoh. Yeoh to win. Michelle Yeoh is who I, yeah, I want. I would like to Michelle Yeoh to win. this I voted for CCA.
3: Yeah, out of the five nominated, Michelle would make me the happiest of the five. Even though I think it's interesting because I think Kate Blanchett's performance. I don't know. It's, it's hard. I, it's always hard to say which one was better, which one was you know different but or then, whatever. You know what ha- but Michelle was so great. I mean, I'd be happy with her. Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard one.
2: You know what happens is then you end up reading these um, anonymous ballot, you know, pieces that come out in The Hollywood Reporter I hate every those. season.
1: I, 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 but, those are ridiculous. But, but,
2: but listen, they I'm do saying, give interesting like, insight. take the things that they say. They'll look at that category and they'll say, oh, Kate's been nominated so many times. She doesn't need it this time. You they know, just Francis like that, Francis McDormand process. Our, our third one, like two years ago. I, or my point might be, you'll see someone in those in those ballots say like, "Oh, I didn't watch Till. That just looks too uncomfortable." You know, right. they admit to that. Like we put but so feel, much I feel thought like process they behind find how come this person are... and how come not that person. I'm
0: with Jake. The, I'm with Jake. That the, those always are just so obviously salacious. The people, the are willing to speak.
1: Yes, yeah. the people you that don't are. Think that, honest, I mean, like no? hell, that, that's like like before NFL season, like I could find someone who would anonymously tell me that they think. That the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl and then print it. It doesn't mean that there's any legitimacy to it. It means I found some random ass person who had a really like crazy ass opinion. Like, like you can always no, find. No, 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 no.
2: They're talking to a voter. I understand that, you but I'm saying there are that's thousands like you're of voters. A Chicago Bear. <laughs> like that's, someone absolutely. who's actually in the game.
1: Like, they, like, I just feel like the people who are willing to speak for these things are not always, representing. Yeah, you. And they, yeah, yeah, aren't the bigger picture? They're like they're always representing like.
2: I understand that. It's just always so dismissive.
0: Every time I read those, they just always seem so dismissive and smug and not like so. Because they know what they they need to sound like. They know what they need to sound like. And I think there's too much. I mean, shoot, you want to talk about the social media era? There's just too much leeway behind anonymity that like you read those and you're like, you're saying this to sound like it's a shit show behind the scenes or like everyone like it just always sounds crazy and I, to me every yeah, year no, I don't think Spielberg's that good of a director actually yeah they just it just makes it sound that's what their voices always sound always like sounds, <laughs> it always sounds it always sounds a little one. too yeah, every single one of them <laughs> yeah alright let's get to actor a leading I role. couldn't even get uh, to the all at
2: once uh Austin Butler got nominated for Elvis Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Inisherin. Brendan Fraser for the Whale Paul Mescal uh, for After Sun, that seemed to be the surprise. And then Bill Nye for Living. Um, Crazy to believe that that's his
1: first nomination ever.
2: Yeah. That is yeah. kind of insane. Given I mean, his now,
3: career. you know what he should have been nominated for? About Time. Oh, no. Lo- love, love Actually. actually. Time. No, Love I Actually. Love love. I love Love Actually, but he's... About Time? Oh, the, the, beat, the, be- the beach scene in About Time for yes. sure. But he's great in Love about Actually. I mean, same, both, both Richard Curtis, hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, is it about
2: timer to Curtis? Well, yeah, so. that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is largely three that we expected, four that we even expected. I think four. Bill Nye was it, in.
1: The, the fifth the, slot was, was one of the one that was up there. Everyone expected Bill Nye. So, I, thought, um, I, I actually I, thought yeah.
3: Paul was going to get in. Did you? Yeah, because that I remember is, uh, yeah. I, there was, I was just reading on like, a lot of online. I mean, I think t- everyone's talking about Tom Cruise and whether or not he should have been nominated here. And listen, Tom Cruise has been nominated three for three Oscars for three, in my opinion, better performances. I love Top Gun Agreed. Maverick. He's great Agreed. in Top Gun Maverick. But Jerry Maguire, uh, Magnolia, and then I think the one he should have won for, Born on the 4th of July. Born 4th of July. Um, you know, he's an extraordinary actor. Um, as much as I love him in this movie, I, listen, yeah, I, I would love to have seen Tom Cruise get nominated. It would have been cool. He's very good in the film. He carries that film. Honestly, I could see... The, the nomination and the clip would have been the Val Kilmer scene because he carries that scene beautifully. Oh, um, that would have been wonderful. So it's interesting. Like, I kind of I, I kind of I thought he should have gotten in. But then at the same time, he's also been nominated for other performances that I think are better. But, you know, this is an interesting category right now because Fraser won the Critics' Choice. Uh, you know, Austin won the, the Golden Globe. Farrell also won a Golden Globe, but in the musical comedy yeah. category. Which right. is then you start to deal with this idea of split votes because Fraser and Butler seem to be the front runners and Farrell could be the outlier. And then what's interesting right. about the the Oscars to me, and especially with this with this category, Jake brings us up a lot is how powerful a good speech can be. And Fraser's speech at the Critics' Choice went viral. And yeah. that it was a lot of people in that room who vote for the Oscars that were probably very moved. I myself was in that room, and I'm not voting for the Oscars, but it was a very, very—you could hear a pin drop. It was like an incredible yeah. moment to be there, having him give that speech. It was like he was giving the speech as if he would never be back up on a stage again to say thank you for winning an award. Like he, like he, he gave it his all in that moment. I don't, I, I don't let's, think. Let's... I, I really do. Yeah.
2: Let's honestly look at those five actors, though, and tell me who gave the best performance of the five.
3: Fraser. No question. Because I think it's Brendan Fraser. No question. It's not even a question. Not, I mean, I'm not
2: even saying it to, to put down the other ones. I think they all gave terrific performances, but I think Fraser yeah. was on another level.
3: Butler is unbelievable in the film, but Fraser's performance hit me. On a level of catharsis that I can't even explain. It was so profound. That film was incredibly moving. I don't, I'm shocked it didn't. I, I wish it would have got best picture nomination. I know people don't really love the whale, unfortunately, yeah, which is weird that it fell um, off. Yeah, it, it, could it it lose way.
2: momentum. It's strange. Yeah, it,
3: it, it, it's really strange because I think it's I think, you know, again, there's a lot of opinion pieces out there. We've discussed this in the show a lot. I don't agree with well, the opinion got a nomination,
2: which was good. That was yeah, happy.
3: And she's amazing in it. And 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 she's phenomenal. I mean, she's probably a massive reason why Fraser's so good in the film because she's such an integral part of that that film. And then that when the when the turn yeah, I think
2: Sadie Sink too. I think the two of them are are, you know really important to his to his performance.
3: Is it Ty Simpkins who plays? the the the, mm. the the kid from who comes over to the from the church that, yes from the church is that yes yeah, am i, I believe uh, so okay um he's great in the film too i, I mean i wasn't expecting Samantha an Oscar the nomination yes Samantha Morton oh, oh wow. my god who also
1: her, I, her scene, I think is too small
3: of a scene but her scene from she said she said i oh. was flawless really she said great there's uh, another yes. film that i cannot believe yeah that, yeah. And we can we'll get into Nope and stuff like that, too. But there's a lot of great what goes to
2: show that like it was a good year
3: last year. It was a I great it year. Was <laughs> it was a good year. Yeah, it I was a good year. year. Yeah. But I do think Fraser and and, and if one more person tells me, oh, it's just Brendan Fraser in a in a heavy suit. Like, I, I just can't deal with people who want to talk like that. Like I, I that is an emotional. Incredible, profound performance. And if you're stuck yeah. on the prosthetics And the different aspects of, you know, the way he looked, that was the whole point of the film was for you to look past that and actually see the individual, a teacher, a husband, uh, a person uh, and not just an obese individual. Um, And he says this a lot when he talks about the film, we walk by people all the time who are obese and a lot of thought processes that go people's through people's minds. That's the first thing you notice, right? Because yeah. it's a visual thing and you don't even stop to think sometimes that that person is this a person, a person, a husband, a father, whatever. And that's kind of to me what Aronofsky and Hunter and everybody was kind of saying with the film. But Fraser, the oh. the last scene in that film, when that door opens with the light and every, it's just uh
2: Ugh. About uh, such a human film from Aronofsky, who yeah, as much as he's my boy, you know, doesn't yeah. seem to, to give these emotional, uplifting, uh, and human uh, stories. You know, this is a departure for him that, yeah. that and he just got—I mean—overlooked. Not even yeah. in the conversation. It's funny. I
1: almost feel like it's the the antithesis to an Aronofsky film because I feel like so many of his movies are about present us with people who we perceive as you know normal human beings that transform into a different version of a quote unquote sure. monster and I feel like this one goes the reverse where like present someone yeah. who audiences immediately look at and go oh that's some kind of a monster and it progresses and by the end you realize no this is a living breathing well, human being
2: you know what I think after mother maybe the dude had to be like i I better I scale it back I better 180 yeah,
3: yeah I, be- I, I got a 180 from this I'm still dealing with Elements of emotion from Requiem for a Dream. I saw it when I was sixteen. Yeah. That movie, that yeah, yeah, movie yeah. destroyed me. <laughs> like it was like that. I mean, but I'm dude, telling you right go now on the
2: list. Black Man. Swan, the wrestler. I mean, dude it's devastating.
3: The, the montage at the, the end, end of the living actor. Fountain's Fountain, so great. The montage at the end of Requiem, though, when we were getting Yuck. all four of their arcs. Oh, I, 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 that will will remain in my mind forever. Like I will genius. never who forget. Is the,
1: who is the most heartbreaking? Is it Ellen? I think Ellen has the worst. person? but I
3: mean Connolly's. Oh, oh. Connolly's moment is. Connolly's uh, is uh, his Marlon movie. Waynes' moment is brutal. Like, oh, what it's a film. almost
2: like he's the greatest director that we have going, right? and yet he's not. <laughs> and, uh, and speaking of, let's get the director category because um, this is interesting. This is an interesting list, and again, most of these categories that we're bringing up. While the nominees are not bad, it's it's often about who didn't get in. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's we're quite often bringing up the names that aren't there Um, for here for the director nominations. It's uh, Martin McDonough, the Banshees of Inishirin, uh, Daniel Kwan, and Daniel Scheinart for uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. The Fablemans for Steven Spielberg, Uh, Todd Field gets in for Tar and then Ruben Ostland gets in for Triangle of Sadness, which I did
3: not love
2: Oh, I, I, actually, I legitimately think it's bad.
1: I do, I, I do not like triangle, like sadness. that movie
2: at all.
1: I didn't like it at all. Like, I, I, I thought, watched the menu and then was like, okay, that's more along the lines of like what I wanted Triangle Sadness to be. Oh my god! Like a take. I will give of, it
2: credit that from where that movie starts to where it ends, sure, <laughs> I had. I would never have but been. Jesus, able but Jesus! But like thirty day. minutes I in, in, I was like, that.
1: "Wait, are we still arguing about who's going to pay the check? Like, are we still? Are we yeah. still?" And I, like, it's it's legitimately what is it? it's, it's it's almost clocks into three hours. Three hours. It's like it's 45, 50 approach. minutes before they get on the boat. It's like yes. it is a it is a slog.
2: I'm and just all having... I seem to remember is is Woody Harrelson and that dude in the captain's mm-hmm. chamber with the microphone. Like I I just I don't know yeah. I've. I,
3: one of, the, one of the things I find really interesting about this category is, and again, Avatar The Way of Water doesn't, you know, need to be the greatest movie of all time, but in terms of directing, I mean, how do you not nominate him for Do you that? think it's because they they looked at it and went, well, you just did a better version of what we've already nominated you for before? Well, I mean,
1: but But in terms I, I, whether of whether it's fair or not, do you think that that's their
3: reasoning? Sure, I mean, it could be, But but if you actually step back and think about what cameron did oh and the idea of like creating that whole world the language and then directing sequences with actors that are in suits that are eventually going to be thrown into completely cgi environments of cgi versions of themselves he has the entire thing in his head Mm -hmm. the entire thing is in his mind like he knows exactly what he's doing as he's on a stage walking zoe Saldana and sam worthington through a through a uh you know, I don't know, with dots all over their bodies. And then eventually that becomes a scene that's so emotional and 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 resonates so much with an audience. And for the like for the director, for Cameron to like know what he's doing in that moment, what this is going to look like, how this is going to play. Well, I mean, that to me is and then we talk about directing a lot and what directing means and, you know, whether or not, you know, people think it's visual or emotional or the way they communicate with an actor at the end of the day. Especially in the behind-the-scenes footage of *Way of Water*, you see Cameron just so much in there, and like telling them what to do. I mean, those actors are so reliant on what he's telling them because they are not seeing what the actual scene looks like, rather than previs or or, or earlier uh, rehearsal footage. But I just that, that to me is interesting. Like like that to me is a directed film and like, that is a best director nominee right there and i'm not saying he should it, win it, but it might gosh.
2: be because the well, studio maybe just didn't have enough time to spin the amount of stories to educate voters right they, you know they needed to do put out, in out December.
3: put out those side-by-side videos when andy circus was coming up and, like, doing the Apes films. I'm not saying he wasn't, like, already famous by that point, but when he, went, like, he became a star, kind of, in those films mm-hmm. with Gollum and, and Smeagol and Lord of the Rings. I mean, he, that was kind of the early era of motion capture and performance capture. But when they started doing this stuff with War for the Planet of the Apes and Rise and Dawn, they would release these amazing side-by-side videos of him on set filming as Caesar, and then the actual finished product, or they would, like, wipe to the finished product. I really think... And again, I don't know if this would have helped, but Disney should have put out some type of like explanation. I know they put they released some behind the scenes footage, but just to maybe like do a whole scene of maybe like a two minute scene, release it online, the footage they shot and then what the ending product was, have Cameron in the footage and then give us the wipe to the real thing. And you got to You can't tell me that that wouldn't blow people's minds i don't know i want directors to see that.
2: nominate in this category so you would assume that directors should know
3: yeah I, you know this I think isn't just like, an across it like the board. Oh, it's james
1: cameron we nominated him for the first one we gave it to him for titanic like he doesn't really die honestly i don't I don't think they they didn't vote for him because well, they didn't think that he directed the shit out of avatar i think but, they, they just sort of went like well it's james cameron
0: but do they also think if they're looking at a list and they're trying to whittle down their list do they also go well he's gonna make Three to six more of these. And I, hate I guess, that, so, but that's that's then again, process, but, yeah, yeah. but like, but then again, they also nominated yeah. Peter Jackson for every single Lord of the Rings. Did he get that all was 20 three years ago? He got all three. No, yeah, I, I think he was he only nominated, nominated for the first one in this. I don't think he was nominated for Towers. Betch ten dollars. Was he nominated? The picture Ooh, was nominated five. for Towers, but he won for Return. Right? Betch ten dollars. I'm looking at it right now. He wasn't nominated for director. <laughs> I'll take ten dollars. <laughs> Wait, he wasn't nominated for director? <laughs> not for not for Two Towers. He won for Return of the King, and he was nominated right. for Fellowship. How do you not
1: nominate Helms Deep?
0: See? Well, that's what I'm. Yeah, is this How is kind of Game's point. Then
3: maybe they didn't, gave, they didn't and give and it to him until the third one. Sure, famously. That's interesting because that then then kind of proves Gabe's point about maybe. But again, this was twenty may,
0: years ago. I don't know the. But we can,
3: but Two Towers was extraordinary. How do you
0: not yeah, nominate? Equate the Academy twenty years what, ago. let can I five. ask? Let's get back to can, let, let, wait. Let's what, get to the nominees in the category. I have
3: to know real quick. Can <laughs> sure. I ask who was nominated the year he didn't get nominated for Two Towers? Uh, Just real let fast. Two thousand three Oscars.
0: Look, yep, yep,
3: yep. What was. What was what did they're doing that? Yeah, hang who's gonna win? On,
0: I have it right here. I have it right here. God damn it. Best, I'm trying to you want a director, right? Well, then it's by
3: then it's all split up. Yeah, who won, who is director's nominated for Best Director of the Year of Two Towers?
0: Uh, Pedro Almodovar for Talk to Her, uh, Stephen hey. Daldry for The Hours, Martin Scorsese for Gangs of New York, Rob <sighs> Marshall for Chicago, oh, and Polanski. Polanski won for The Pianist. Wow, wow. I mean,
1: of those it's five, wild. Give, give it to Scorsese. Yeah. It's kind of wild
2: to go back and look at the categories and, and think is about like
1: got in It is why they
0: got in. We should do a show where we go back and look we at the categories. We've never done
1: 2002 films and... Uh, we should Not do a 2003 that Oscars. We've done wow. the category
0: because that's interesting. We've done, done that. We've done that.
2: I, I, really? I wow. think so.
3: I owe Gabe $10. You two owe me steak dinners, but I owe Gabe $10. I am blown away by that. That is... Wild to me. I mean could you yeah. ima- could you imagine that Oscars happening today and that winner no, that's, winning that's today? That's my
2: point. Yeah, that's my point. Like you go wow. back ten, twenty years. Wow. And it's uh wow, it's you know, cause so much of this that's is in the wild. in the right now. And what campaign is working, and what isn't, and wow. then you go back and look at the actual films, and what stands the test of time. Who said this? Matt Damon. Did Matt Damon say it should be given? Matt out Damon five said years later? Matt
3: Damon. Yeah. Ten years I mean, later, we of, should go back. It's kind yeah. of genius. That's because did genius. you? I saw a story today about Spielberg where he said, if the if the if Dark Knight came out last year, it would have been nominated yeah. for Best Picture. Maybe. Yeah. It's interesting, but, but,
2: but it was but it wasn't. Yeah, the <laughs> reader. So that's where we're stuck unfortunately um, I don't know the Batman was not okay. nominated
0: it's pretty damn good the Does fact that
1: Batman missed in both cinematography and uh, score, score. Blow, I love that movie. like like
0: G- Ticino Ticino score, score wasn't amazing. even sh- uh,
2: what
3: do you call it short-listed, shortlisted or whatever
2: like that's it's more of a character than most of the characters it's in the uh, movie. unbelievable I,
3: I, I do think that SS Rajamouli deserved director nomination as well as a picture nomination for RRR mm. and right. again we can get into a whole debate about what we take out what we put in but S.S. and Cameron's direction on those films. And if you think about the scope, they shot for 300 days in RRR. I, I that to me, like, I can't imagine that not being considered. You know, what's it's crazy. Unbelievable. Is that
2: it, I I I get a little bit. I thought that movie was going to make it into Best Picture because of the amount too. of love that it had. And so maybe it doesn't crack the five directors, but the fact that it only got song, like one nomination and it's song, like yeah. even if you watch that movie, like the visuals, the production oh value, like visual all of it's
0: through the
3: roof. But also, and, and the fact know, that they James, only went with
2: the song. Yeah, and James Cameron
3: crazy. watched it twice. There's a video online of James Cameron just basically like fanboying all over SS about that yeah. movie. You have the arguably one of the greatest directors of all time. You think for for him, it feels better than an Oscar? Oh yeah, you know, I I, I, oh, I really 100%. like that means I, more. That's got to be no, with you. Know, to, easy for me to, to say, but for him to meet Spielberg and then for him to meet Cameron and for Cameron to say, "My wife and I basically watched your film twice," and yeah. he was like asking awesome him though. about shooting it. That's got honestly. That is that is better than an Oscar. It ha- I mean, at the end let of me the ask day, a question. Yeah,
2: hold on. Let me ask a question. Back yeah. on to the best director of this year. <laughs> uh, does Spielberg have a shot,
1: Jake? Um, yeah, I think The Fablemans performed well enough to keep it in the running. I, I, it's hard. It's it's going to be hard to convince me that it's not the Daniels to take. Yeah. but okay, The Fablemans getting um, screenplay, director, picture, two acting noms, With no editing, but missing editing and missing no editing. cinematography hurts. Yeah, the editing um, one is you, it, yeah. You yeah. usually at least got to get nominated for
3: editing. That's yeah, look at the that's history, big. yeah, right. Because yeah, what's the history on that, Jake? It's like it's like every, uh, I think it's I can't a very remember the statistic, times. but it's a, yeah,
2: you usually I think there's one film that one picture without editing. It's, I think I think only one film or something. It, like, that. something, something like that. It's something yeah. very minimal.
3: It's very minimal. Like 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 generally <laughs> speaking, you get if you're because everything everywhere all at once got editing. Did I read somewhere oh, that? That everything everywhere it all at once be. did I read somewhere because they're they'll win that and then they'll win picture and probably director. But uh, I read somewhere that I'm one so of bad. the awards that everything everywhere all at once was nominated for was not actually shortlisted. And I was, I was trying to figure out what the deal was. I didn't was know you, I I didn't I, know you I, could be nominated if you weren't shortlisted. That's what I was trying to figure out. I need to double check that. That's I could wild. be wrong, but I remember reading it that also, somewhere. Because
1: yeah. also keep in mind, they're also BAFTA
3: shortlists, too. So
1: that there are a couple of different shortlists going on at one time. Wait, did did the Daniels? Edit. Every, they didn't edit it. Every, the film themselves.
0: Uh For editing, best achievement in film editing was they, Paul
1: Rogers. Yeah. Okay.
0: They. I remember they
2: called out their editors yeah. when they were. I, whenever
1: I. Whenever I got. I got them here in Chicago in March of 2022. To, and one of the first thing I said was like I don't see how this doesn't get nominated. Like, And this was even before people were seeing the film. And, and but just like yeah. I, I and never at that point in a million years did I ever think I was talking about a film that would go on to be nominated for 11 Oscars. But in the back right. of my mind, I at least thought, this has got to be in contention for an editing Oscar. Like, how do you sure, not yeah. give that the editing Oscar? Oh, especially that one continuity. montage
3: yeah. of all her of all the different Michelle from yes. all the different universes like that, that editing alone, that that should be the clip at the Oscars for editing. It's just all those different versions of her.
2: I mean, if you watch any five minute chunk of that movie, like the editing inside of it is going to be better than what you've seen in, in most yeah. films released last year.
1: I think if I'm universal, what I do to push the Spielberg narrative back into the forefront is you start showing clips of his classic films, particularly the ones that contain themes that were touched on in Fablemans. And you remind mm. voters about the classic Spielberg films that uh, that they know and love that, like pull on the heartstrings, twinge the nostalgia and they cut to clips of the Fablemans that are reflections of because this mm. happened to him as a child. He made the movies that defined your childhood. And I think when you connect those two, that's a good way to get back in.
0: Here's my hot take on this category. That's maybe a little um uninformed, Spicy? Maybe it's just a little informed, maybe, oh. you know, outside perspective. To me, this feels like the sort of thing where the um, the aging Academy, the old Academy, is going to think that the Daniels nomination is the win for those young mm. whippersnapper uh, filmmakers. Mm. And, 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 and are there and producers gonna where if they win picture, they'll get the Oscar or something like? Yes, they are. Where that's their That's their. Oh, we're going to give it to these young directors here, but they want to see Steven Spielberg on the stage for a movie at least one more time making movies. Yeah. You there know, there like, is
1: a, an interesting
0: narrative. I mean, which I don't they, totally they disagree, disagree with. Like, I, I don't I wouldn't be
1: mad. Sure. If I saw Spielberg up on but stage think, holding an Oscar. I
0: think that that's the narrative that I think would be put out of if the Daniels don't win is the sure. nomination was the win for them. They're going to, you know, they're young. They'll have a chance later or whatever uh, people say. And for Spielberg, He's someone that a majority of the Academy or the older members of the Academy want to see on stage again, in particular for okay. a movie well, about the legend of Steven Spielberg. Sure.
2: But why not argue? OK, I under, the second point, but like he was nominated last year for West Side Story. Why didn't they get him for that? You know, like he he's had hey, shots. I say he deserved
1: it more for West Side Story, if yeah. I'm being honest. I got to be also in, in, in the under the, the umbrella of the Fablemans. If I could see one person up there holding an Oscar, it's John Williams. I I just I yeah. mean if, if we're talking about like we just want to see him on someone on stage holding an Oscar whether they deserve it or not
2: I I mean yeah, the, with the score respect my friend score is not that good, not. And there's only like
1: 20 my understanding is there's only like 25 30 minutes of original music in the film but the man's been nominated I for mean, 53 Academy Awards <laughs> yeah, give yeah, him yeah. another Oscar <laughs>
2: I mean, he essentially ripped that score off uh, in a Gus Van Sant. Jesus, dude. Jesus, I'm still. I'm doing indie. (laughs) Here's a few notes. He's He's like, what do you got for indie? And he's
0: like, (laughs) for how many years now do you think john williams like they they give him a script they don't even give him a script he just tells him like this is the story these are the characters this is the tone of the movie he's got a legal pad and he just writes down some music notes in an order and and he sends it back to steve and he says here just find an orchestra play that
1: (laughs) and and then every time steve doubts them
0: john williams just looks at him and goes
1: jaws
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> all right look uh, at the picture um so we think the daniels well we're gonna do predictions later i'm we'll sorry i keep later. i keep doing that i'm sorry
3: i right, remember here's, here's one picture. thing that's important to note is the oscars aren't until march yeah 12th. march 12th so we got time. some time oh dear Lord. we got some time um, yeah. I don't know the we'll exact. Be, we'll, be a, di-
0: we'll be into the, our second third of 2023. But <laughs> the yeah. we the
3: well, that's the thing is you, you have to think about that because nah, be the first third but, quarter. No, but sorry, the mo- second oh, quarter. quarter. Jesus. But the third. more time that goes by, the more things can change. Yeah. I
1: mean, remember this this time last year, no one was talking about CODA that much.
2: Yeah. You know what's crazy is that by the time we get to March 12th, we see, I'm we're going to be over so
3: it. We're not going to so care. We're so I, I don't, don't we're care. Why aren't they in February? Come on. Just right. have him. On. Have him next After oh, the next Daenerys. Gosh.
2: Have them two weeks from now. Yes. Yeah. Why? Oh, wait. What's wait. The wait the did you guys up? see that?
1: Did you guys see? This is going to, Gabe, you're, you're about to lose your fucking mind, dude. All right. I'm sitting down. The exact same night, the Oscars and the Last of Us finale.
2: Ooh, oh, wow. yeah, I saw that. I guess I'll catch the yeah. Oscar highlights. I'll catch the Oscars on Monday.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't. That is, well,
3: uh, that's a oh, hard one, one actually. I, 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 it I honestly saw. really is. I'm, I'm all in on last night. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, 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 yeah. now, <laughs> now I kind of wish HBO had
0: commercials in. so I could switch back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: man. Here are your nominees for Picture, and right, it's I'm worth pointing out that they went with all 10. Uh, of the available slots. Well, they, they last two to.
1: last. No, I think last two years they've been saying we're going to fill the all 10 slots.
0: Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, is it weird? Okay. Sorry, I'm going to right before we start here. And I'm, I'm supposed to be in charge of keeping us on the rails. Is it weird to have 10 picture nominees and only five director nominees? Oh, well, that's, yeah. that's, yeah. so that's what I've been saying. Always. That like Hate that,
1: it. the five Hate director it. nominees are kind of, in my mind, the five for real us. best picture nominees. Yeah. yeah. Because honestly, I again, you know, I, I
2: don't know how often there's a
0: split. I kind of wish rare. we would
1: go back to the five best picture I, nominees. I think there's if I'm a, I mean,
0: there's a literal non-zero chance, but I feel like Top Gun: Maverick by the time we get to March could Dude, be the best picture. I, I, I'm I'm starting cool. to get
1: that cool. swelling in terms it of did like get that screenplay nomination yeah i would not take it, it, it did it get editing i would oh, take yes, it did. a lot more seriously yes, if it, it landed actor and cinematography see if we if were able if because you think of it in terms that you think of like nominations i never really thought it was going to get director to be honest with you but if it yeah. if it had walked I away with, over
2: triangle of sadness
1: i mean and also like he did get dga and wga just came out and nominated top gun so like it wasn't a fluke getting in for the oscar but i th- why are you it, screaming at us because i'm very excited about this <laughs> but i just feel, I feel when you think of like the nominations as like like a package i just feel like Jake, it would be a Jake, more I'm attractive right package. Right i just feel you. like i feel like it'd be more attractive <laughs> right, package if uh, right here, buddy. i gotta stop i gotta stop saying attractive package it would be a more attractive <laughs> package if it included
3: actor and cinematography Which but honestly um, think about how I mean, again, as much as I want everything, I think everything ever all at once is a better film personally. So cool Top, if that wins. But if so to cool. Top Gun won, I would be I'd actually be happy to get a big blockbuster to I win. Know. I mean, I don't again, that movie I, there. I love that film. but there, there are things in it that I think could have been done better, but that's just another time, another place. But yeah, that would be cool. That would be really well, and, cool. And, and that's where that this, this
1: whole like preferential ballot comes into, yeah. into play and becomes important.
3: How do, how do you think the older voters factor into well, this like Top Gun? Let,
0: Sean, will you read the list? We haven't even read the list for a picture. Sorry.
3: Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Now, <laughs> well, now I'll get also, us back on the
0: rails. <laughs>
3: yeah. all By the way, all quiet
0: the irony the of Gabe getting us off, yeah, yeah, off yes, the rails. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here are your 10
2: All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Innisharan, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. When we jumped from Fableman's to tar, my brain automatically started trying to do alphabetically. <laughs> what movies I was like, we went from F to T. Oh my <laughs> 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 the <movies> there. <laughs> Cause they announce them alpha- the, and they're alphabetical. Um, I, I, I have not seen all quiet on the Western front. I guess that's I the first one I'm going to have to try to yeah. catch up on. Um, I'm glad to I, I'm it, in, in a way that I haven't been in a really long time. I am happy with the ten movies that are represented. It's a
3: here. nice, it's a nice oh, mix. I saw a list comparing last year's and this year's, and this year's just oh. seems so much better. Also, one thing I love about this year's list—I said this on the air—a lot of the films in this list, people actually went out and saw. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like Avatar made obviously two billion. Top Gun made one point five billion. Elvis made I think over two or three hundred. I have to look double check. It was over a hundred yeah. million for sure. Um, uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once made. Over a hundred million dollars. I mean, you're talking about like four, at least four. I have to go through the whole list again to see. Did
2: I leave out? Did I leave out women talking? Did I say? no, you said it. You said said, it. You
3: said it. Oh, okay. Um, I just making sure. But I mean, for for four or five out of the ten to be films that really did well, like very, like like very. I mean, two of them are in the billions, (laughs) and like that's cool. I, I thought that was a really cool thing to see. Um, and so it kind of it kind of gave me because we talk about this all the time on the show. Like, I mean, sure, we've seen Mad Max nominated. We've seen action films and films and other genres nominated. But it is rare and sometimes hard to find massive blockbusters that translate to picture like this. And, and yeah, obviously, yep. Black Panther was a great one that did it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, it was cool to see some larger films. And I think, you know, hopefully we're leaning more towards in a direction where, We'll get more things like that, and more people will be able to recognize the talent. I mean, wait, did am I wrong on this? Did Top Gun not get cinematography? It did not. It did not. That weirdly enough, got special effects, but not cinematography. Okay, so let me explain why that, that. All right, so Sean mentioned this in the text. So visual effects, visual effects does not mean CGI. I mean, CGI is part of visual effects, but visual effects mean the Practical aspects of filmmaking as well, and so I think we think visual, we think CG, we think avatar, but the production design and kind of what goes into a physical, practical uh sequence, like in Top Gun, that it, it's very, very hard to do. And, and I think that's oh, where the visual effects are added in. I mean, also, Top Gun did have some amazing visual effects. I mean, in I mean, terms I, I'm of, I'm not knocking the effect that got, but the,
1: to me, the fact that it got that. But Over not cinematography.
3: Cinematography is what yeah. is what blows my mind. Cinematography doesn't make any sense because that was it was revolutionary. I mean, they created these like six IMAX quality small cameras that fit into the cockpit of these F-18s that they were that were being run by the actors, that the actors then were were basically the cinematographers checking their own light, making sure the sun was hitting them right, staying in character, not not passing out, delivering their lines and getting the Wait. shot right. It's unbelievable.
2: But this is another reason why that cinematography nod is is kind of silly is because these are the nominees for cinematography. And I know that we're going to, you know, we weren't planning on doing this, but all all quiet on the Western front. Uh, James Friend, Darius uh, Kanji uh-huh. uh, got in for Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. That is yeah. a beautiful movie. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Mandy, Mandy Walker got in for Elvis. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd put Top Gun ahead of it. Uh, Roger Deakins gets in for Empire of Light. Mm. Love, love my boy. Not his best work. No. Not, not the most outstanding work. I
3: think Lena Sandgren deserves to be in this in this list who'd shot Babylon.
2: Florian Hoffmeister gets in for Tar. And I think Tar is a
3: amazing. relatively.
2: Shot. You think so? Oh, I, yeah. I thought it was, I'm not going to say like monotone, no. but like, I, I'd have
3: that to go was back and point. pay attention to it. It was the bleakness. Like, if you watch. Yeah. Social network, like what makes that cinematography so great is the is the tonal aspect of it, the bleakness of it, the the colors of the school and, and tar kind of reminded me of an atmospheric type of cinematography, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, I think Lena Sandgren, the what the work he did on Babylon was genius. And first oh of all, God. we haven't even dived in. Uh, we haven't even talked about Nope yet. And I know uh, I, you know wax well, poetic. We're getting about into that. our
2: snubs now. We can actually transition into the the disappointments that we so, that we ran into.
3: One of the things I really want to point out is this. I love Nope. It's my favorite movie of last year. But I also understand what, why people may not have loved it. I get it. Um, but to <laughs> not even consider a technical aspect of that film, not even mention it in any single category, is insane. And also. I saw a tweet, and I don't know who to give this give credit to for this, but they pointed out something so brilliant. Nope is literally about the industry forgetting aspects of our history and of, of the history of of movies and the things that have happened, especially with in Nope particularly um, the history of the first movie ever made and people not knowing the name of the first stunt actor performer ever to be put on motion picture. We know who directed it. We don't know the person who is riding that horse and all these years later for a film to come out in a fictional way and give a legacy to that and also talk about the idea of how the industry operates, how, you know, the world exploits tragedy. I, I, but then thematically, that, that's just thematics. Cinematography wise, the day for night sequences are, are some of the most incredible shots I've ever seen. I don't, I, that, that, to, to look at that movie and go, that's not a cinematography Nomination makes no sense. Sound design. I wish every Oscar voter would actually sit down and rewatch that film. Just go watch the scene when Daniel Kaluuya goes outside in the beginning when Kiki's in the house. She turns the music on and listen to the sound design from that point of view to all the way down to Stephen Yoon's um, area down below in the in the uh, whatever you want to call that little that what was the name of the land. I don't even remember now off the top of my head, but There was I've seen that movie 10 times. I can't remember the name of it, Um, but the the sound design in that film, it was it was it was to me. I'd never heard sound design done like that. It was so unique and interesting. Um, And then Michael Abel's score. These are just things that. Are it's not even I don't even know if it's an opinion. Like factually, these things were unbelievably well done. Like they were. No, that's the thing. No, very much an opinion. It, it's an you know, opinion it's, but it's very much an opinion. It's an opinion, but it's an opinion. But it's but it's like saying like how can I explain it? It's it's it's,
0: it's, it's the difference between <laughs> being good in the sense that you like it. But you have to recognize that it is so incredibly well made. Right. The artistry. And the, for, I mean, even yeah. if you don't love whatever about it, a movie that is that original and that well made to not get recognized is insane. Right. And, and I think and I'm yeah. going
2: to I'm going to point out something that that is in between Kevin and I, because he loves it and I didn't I liked it, but I didn't love it that much. I'm actually going to give you credit for this, Kevin, because I think the movie is kind of ahead of the audience.
3: Yeah, it is. I think
2: people just don't really get it. Right now, because right. I don't fully get it. So I haven't really embraced it yet. And I'm probably going to watch it a bunch more times and I'm probably going to warm up to it. And and maybe one day it'll click with me the way that it has with you. I don't think it clicked with people that way. I, th- I just think, don't think they saw it that as a as a a, a, a pedigreed movie. kind of. When thing. I talk to um, people
3: and, it, and it's interesting you say that, because when I have a if I take five minutes and some and, and someone will give me five minutes of time and I break down the thematics of the film for them. Every At no point in time, your life have you ever only taken five minutes to talk about no, no. I <laughs> refuse but, to believe that. But in all honesty, <laughs> when I have done this, every single time the person's reaction was, oh my God, how did I not gasp, grab, get, grasp that? I need to go back now because now that sounds amazing. And I think... Nope. Jake and I saw it for the first time. The first viewing of that film is very surface level. Everyone I mean, appeals.
0: It, sorry, but everyone appeals. Movies is that way. Like, why are people not prepared right. for, with peel? Like don't pigeonhole right. them into whatever get out was for you. Cause I think that was right. a part of us that people that responded negatively to it as they were, they were expecting too much to be exactly right. What get out was sure. But every film that he's made now has been, Oh, you saw it and you enjoyed it or whatever, but know that this is a two or three time in you're going to, you're going to be, Revealing things that 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 you didn't know.
3: Right. So, and also yeah, that's it's, frustrating it, for me. What's interesting to me about Nope, you know, outside of the idea that it, it's kind of a sequel to the first movie ever made. Um, I mean, if you think about the concept of. There's a shot in Nope where Daniel's riding the horse, which is literally shot exactly pretty much like the classic clip that they talk about in the beginning of the film um, with the you know, with the the horse. And I think. Like the, the there's a legacy aspect of that film that is truly brilliant, but also it's saying so much about the industry that I think and I saw someone tweet this, that like, I think it just is the irony of it not being nominated for anything is interesting because he's <laughs> he's literally exposing so much about the history of. Movies and life and the way we exploit tragedy and just the the what we find important and the the beautiful message about digital versus film. I mean, and again, I get it. I've talked about this movie a million times and I'm sure people are tired of hearing about it. But put all that aside and your opinion on the film. But the point I'm making is from a technical aspect to leave that movie out of any single category. I just think is ridiculous and actually can, sounds uninformed to me. It actually sounds like people didn't even watch it because to to wait, see but, the but doesn't on. make sense.
2: If if the majority of the people, which would we'd have to assume because the voters voted and it didn't sure. make any category. Yeah, you know, it's hard to make the argument that it's an elite film if the entire industry ignored it in every category, you can't say that they're wrong. And I'm not saying that they're right either, but (laughs) if the, if it didn't break through with the, with the voting members to make it into any category, then I think it's hard to argue that that it's (laughs) Hubie. Well, that's a good point. I mean,
3: it's all, it's all opinion. Yeah. But I think, I think Gabe understood or understands what I'm saying. Like when I say it's factual, that the technical aspects of that film are just so well done. Like you can't. I don't know. I i, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say about it anymore. I just find it fascinating. You like, know what
1: they like say that. about opinions. Opinions are like letters from Tom Hanks. We all have one. <laughs> right, we right.
2: all have one. Well, not all yes. of us. Uh, Jakey, any snubs that uh, stand out to you?
3: I mean, honestly, we Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer. I'm sorry. She deserved Fantastic. to be nominated, too. It's, it's not
1: so much a snub as it is. Um, I, I really wish Sony had realized what they had with auto and had Because mm. I really do think if they would realized the potential of what they had and the fact that like, I mean, talk about a movie that hit the box office right at the right time. You know, it started taking sure. off right when people started voting. I think if they'd recognized how good Tom's performance was in that and maybe it started campaigning a little bit more, it really didn't feel like they thought it had much of a shot for any of that. And I feel like they, they, there really was a missed opportunity there. And I really do think he could have been the fifth slot um, if, mm-hmm. if they had taken advantage of it. I kind of felt like they were caught by surprise with the positive reaction that they got from both critics and audiences. And um, I think they, they, there's well,
2: a real missed opportunity there. And I'll use Sony just as an example, because I think every studio does this. They put their eggs into certain baskets. Sure. And at a certain point in the campaign, Sony was very bullish on uh, the woman king. And then at one point, they weren't sure if they had to put all their support behind devotion that almost when they realized that Otto was a player, it was too late. You know, it was almost too late. And I think all the studios fall victim of that. It doesn't happen so much with the A24s and the focuses that might only have one or two movies to get behind and strongly push. But with the majors, they don't necessarily know. Like when we were talking to Elvis in the summertime, you know, I don't think any of us really thought it was going to be a huge We thought it had the possibility. Yeah. You and know, I think
1: we all thought but, like well, I think the conversation that I remember having was uh, does Butler get in? Like, does yeah. Butler get into the actor? Like, and, I, and I, that's I more never because
0: we're used to the the musical biopic, biopic or making the cut kind of thing.
2: Sure, sure. But Baz is another one who, you know, for that movie to not get in for direction, you know, yeah. like he, I did, he didn't get in for direction movie. for Moulin
3: Rouge either. I will say this oh, about bad. Elvis. Elvis is really well shot and I would argue directed but the editing on that film, I have a problem with, and I read this, something this the other day, like they don't stay on shots long enough. It's almost like someone, someone tweeted but this. But you love I, Bohemian Rhapsody. I love Bohemian. Well, well, I thought the live aid performance was shot incredibly well. But like, but um, the
1: editing in Bohemian is like oh, shot. Oh, no, no, shot, shot, I don't shot, think shot, editing. Shot, well, you're you're shot, talking shot, about shot. that
3: one terrible talking no, no, scene. No, 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 it's a really bad scene. The whole movie. But one thing I saw, I saw someone say this the other day, and it actually, I remember feeling this watching the film, but, I did. I never really put it into words, but like, there were so many moments in Elvis that they could have stayed on Austin a little bit yeah. longer and just kind of let the scene breathe. And I get Baz's frenetic uh, yeah. energy and the, what he's going for. I get it. It's a style. I'm I'm all in. I love Baz Lerman. Um, I loved Elvis. Elvis was great. Um, but yeah, I just find I I don't I, I do not see Baz Lerman as Top five best directors of last year. I just don't. I, right. I I think it's a stylized, highly stylized film. But Butler, to me, he's the overarching. He makes that film work because um, mm-hmm. it is a little. I think, at least in the beginning, a little messy. Um, it's, a little, concert, it's a little. The,
2: the live performances, the the concert performances, are pretty great. They're like amazing. He captures the the chaos that came with Elvis yeah. performing live.
3: I just wanted more. I just wanted it to breathe a little bit. And I know that's not Baz's mm-hmm. style. Um, I just think that he could benefit from some breathing in some of these scenes. Yeah. Like, like then you got like films. Like, you know, not, not to bring up Nope again, but like. Great moments of just really good, strong dialogue. Like she said, and you know, there, there's so many things where you let a filmmaker lets a scene breathe and it lets it lets a scene happen. Um, editing sometimes talking. takes me out. Did Elvis get editing? Please tell me it didn't. I that would did, that would be insane. Have. That so. would not be a good choice. <laughs> 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 I, I, I hope that, that that did not get an editing choice. Um, but I mean, in terms, you know, it, it, it's still a, it's still a very solid film it did
2: oh wait (laughs) really
0: yeah it got editing production design costume design cinematography (sighs) actor sound makeup and hairstyling and picture i can't i
3: can't get on the editing train on that one sorry all right
0: well that's uh our rundown of
2: the nominees for this year as the guys mentioned the show is march 12th so we will have plenty of time to discuss these nominations and the way that the awards category uh, or the the marathon is kind of uh, shaping up. Uh, we're going to play the blend game out of order because it's uh, related to uh, the Oscar nominations. And this week's blend game uh, is brought to you by AMC Theatres and specifically their AMC Best Picture Showcase. Uh, it runs from January 24th through March 12th uh, at local AMC Theatres, and you guys can catch this year's. Best Picture nominees back on the big screen, which is really, really exciting if you wanted to see uh, Elvis again or Top Gun Maverick or even catch up with one of the smaller films. And maybe you didn't get a chance to see like Women Talking or Tar or something like that. So check the description uh, here on the podcast for more information on that and also how you can get your tickets to their AMC Best Picture Showcase starting today. So for the blend game, we're playing Hashtag. 2023 best picture blend and game remind me just for this one we're we're picking right now what we so want in a, in to a win.
0: couple months when we get closer to the ceremony itself yeah. <laughs> we'll do who you think is going to win um yeah. but this this today you guys are going to cover of the nominees who you yeah. want to win or what you want to win um best <sighs> right. picture sean can you remind us of the nominees that you have to choose from and then and the then... 10 yes it
2: is uh all quiet on the western front Oh, I'm on cinematography, which is also which also got one for that. All right. Here are your 10. All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Insharen, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. And of those 10, I would like to see Top Gun Maverick win Best Picture. Um, And I'm really torn between that and everything everywhere all at once. And what's great is they were my number one and number two of the year. But Top Gun Maverick was my number one. And I'm going to remain consistent. uh, And I'm going to say I think it was the most entertaining, entertaining film I saw last year. It's the one that has the most rewatchability for it. I love the story of how it uh, really helped to get people back in theaters. Uh, I think it has a lot of great narratives going for it. And um, to give it best picture would be. Chef's kiss. Fantastic. Dev, where are you going?
3: So it's, an, it's interesting. Uh, um, everything I ever all at once was my number two of the year. Top Gun, I think, was four or five for me on my list. Um, it's interesting, like because every day or every time you're you're diving into the award season, your 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 thought process changes where you are. And honestly, I think a film like Top Gun Maverick winning Best Picture would do so good for the industry just to show a big blockbuster winning. People loved it and I love everything everywhere all at once. And, it, and it's funny because I I would love to see that film win because it's such an interesting, unique uh, film. But as we get closer to the Oscars, some films you, that you think we're going to win or want to win, like you start thinking differently about how other films should win. Um, I'm just imagining like the world reacting to Top Gun Maverick winning best picture. <laughs> it'd, it'd be a really yes. cool moment. It'd be cool to see a. Uh, A giant, giant blockbuster action film with Tom Cruise. He's on that stage accepting the award. Um, I think it's going to be everything, everywhere all at once. And we'll get to that when we do our predictions. But right now, in my gut, just knowing how many people love Top Gun, it would just be cool to see that win. I think I'm going to choose it, even though it's not, it's not, it wasn't, it was a higher, it was lower on my top 10 than everything, everywhere all at once. But I think Top Gun winning is just a cool story cool story let me
2: also say and i know this isn't factually correct but tom cruise winning an oscar for producing top gun maverick would not be tom cruise winning an oscar i don't feel that that would be him winning well an
1: oscar. i mean i mean don't forget michael douglas's first oscar was for producing cuckoo's nest uh, yeah
0: cuckoo so was
1: it really and and, yeah. and brad pitt won for, had won brad pitt won an oscar for producing 12 years, 12 12 years of years
0: slave. A slave yeah yeah. yeah, I, I would know. push back but, on that because I think the legacy of Tom Cruise in yeah, Hollywood so as a filmmaker, a lot of it is going to be like how much he does as a producer to get okay. to get stuff done. I think that's I think that would be something and also this, I had. Yeah, the story behind I had this that thought
2: the other day, and, and it was very comforting to me. Um, I actually like a calm came over me. Because I realized that Tom Cruise is eventually going to reach a point in his career where he is done with stunts. Like he just physically can't do them anymore. And he's going to transition into this like Paul Newman, you know, career actor uh, stage. Color of Money. And he's just going to like destroy, you know, character actor pieces for a good 10 to 20 years because that dude's not retiring. Dude. He's going to make movies until... (laughs) He's in the grave. So, yeah, I mean, think how many amazing performances that's, he could still have. I,
0: I think I've said this on the show. Have. I think I said this uh, within the last couple of months. I think that's when we're going to get his best act. And that's I don't want him to win oh. for Top Gun Maverick. I want him to win for the next, you know, Magnolia performance that he does. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah I, th- I still think he should have been nominated for Tropic Thunder like and people that's think i'm joking the, that's a great performance <laughs> that is a is. wild performance um
2: he walked uh, again. so that the whale could could run
3: well no no that is very different <laughs> I, I i think i just think that that was i honestly did not know that was tom cruise till the movie ended like that yeah. was how good that performance was yeah, yeah.
2: mcconaughey is great in that scene also yeah. Jake <laughs> of the 10 weirdly enough, i I mean film to win
1: top gun was my number one film of the year and and of the nominees it is my favorite of them but i think i'm gonna say that i want to see everything everywhere all at once win because i feel like that's just such a weird unique unconventional out of the box traditional best picture winner and what that would signal for the direction that the academy is willing to it's almost the antithesis of like a king speech it would show so, so much gun, growth though. but yeah but top gun is still a little bit more it is a more like it's a it, keep in mind you're you're i don't want to like arguing it's my number one film of the year but that is oh, yeah. like a very great traditional big screen old school nostalgic sequel. blockbuster sequel yeah like everything where like and, and it, it would be a big deal for Top Gun to win because those sort of films normally don't win best picture. Right. But for the weird ass film that is everything everywhere, all at once, that includes yeah. a, a woman applause. with hop, hop, hot dog fingers to win best picture. Just yeah. what? 12 years after we all complained about King speech, winning best would be such a monumental shift and give me so much hope that maybe the Academy is moving in a direction where they're willing to accept less traditional quote-unquote Oscar-bait films. And that's why why I wanted to win.
2: They authentically look surprised whenever they win something. The Daniels get up there Mm -hmm. and with all sincerity are like, why are we here? Kind of thing. Because they went out and made the movie that they wanted to make and never... They said it to us on our show. I listened to them say it, and they said, "Guys, if we thought we were making an awards contender, we yeah. wouldn't have included a bunch of things in this movie." And it's kind of great that they did, and they're still getting the credit that they deserve for that film. So, yeah, that I is I mean, great. remember these All are right. the
3: directors who made Paul Dano ride a farting Daniel Radcliffe, <laughs> and, I, 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 and what doesn't? That, didn't, didn't one of the Daniels? And have And This movie that has that of same the energy. Ringtones. Like they, they yeah. haven't shifted energies. <laughs> I yeah. would pay good money. The Oscars to at least show the Swiss Army Man sequence just best, so I can sound. Just, <laughs> just, just, well, I just love like I love what was it during the Critics'
1: Choice that when Britta Fraser was like, "Where were you guys for Fury Vengeance?" I think it would be hilarious if uh, the Daniel said like, "Where were you guys when we made Paul Dano ride a farting Daniel Radcliffe across a body of water?"
2: <laughs> and that was practical. Uh, that was a practical yeah, sequence. If- the audience picks for Best Picture uh, right now is Rachel Ho uh, went with All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, Indie Christina wants Top Gun Maverick. Matt Caron, Danny Gurch, Paul Marsh, and many others went with Everything Everywhere all at once. Jake Skelly says The Fablemans. Ariel Pace went with Women Talking. And John Augustine says Avatar, The Way of Water. Thank you thank you to everybody who participated in this week's uh, game. And again, thank you to AMC Theaters. Uh, for sponsoring this week's blend game, I want to remind everybody one more time to check the description for more information on their AMC Best Picture Showcase uh, to see where you can catch this year's nominees on the big screen. I'm absolutely going to go back to uh, an AMC theaters and see Top Gun. I feel Are like you? Top Gun has to be seen on the big screen. Yeah, I absolutely am. I
0: have to. I was I was, was going to ask a shame you guys, not to go
2: appreciate that movie on the big screen.
0: Everything Force everywhere was. is at seventy million domestic. Is there a world where there are enough new people interested for that to hit hundred million domestic? No, i
1: not. Well, no third thirty million. No, yeah. yeah. also it's way
2: too accessible at home. It's worldwide, worldwide? is 104. Yeah, yeah, that ain't happening, it's, brother. That's
0: too much ground so to make sick, up. Unfortunately, I'm trying I can think of like just, what great. if everyone it's been long enough. Everyone who saw it's like yeah, I want to because me, I'm like I want to see that one more time on the big screen. Uh, here's a fun one. This is what we're playing next week. You
2: guys ready? Hashtag M Night Shyamalan. Blend. Oh. Ha,
1: ha. And have ever done that? By by the time we um, so. do this, we could have well, Kevin and I will have seen his new film and Theoretically, uh maybe we will include see new film. I uh, yes. I've heard, I've heard some things. Oh, I I've, I've heard it's fucking awesome.
0: Oh yeah.
2: Oh. It I've looks awesome. like I've heard
0: it's
1: incredible.
2: What's the last incredible? Do
0: you movie think they'll put Anna? that on the box for you, Jay? I've heard it's incredible. <laughs> I've heard it's really, I heard it's really good. <laughs> I, like I've liked most of his films.
2: I'm I, the last know, I, incredible movie. Split? Yeah, maybe split. Split was, um, no, on, honestly, was when, it, when it comes to his Flawless.
1: end, I mean, I, I know you, we don't want to focus on like the, like the ending that was basically an extra credit scene, but in terms of like the surprises next to Sixth Sense, oh. my theater lost their
0: shit when Bruce really Willis great. showed up at the end. I know. That's a pretty special thing that not yeah. a lot of people can play. Like I
1: was so glad to like have been a part. I, I didn't do that. Ke- okay, Kevin, I didn't do that junket. Did you? That was that was in that period of time I wasn't doing junkets. I didn't do the junket. No. I'm curious as to how that was handled. Yeah, I don't know. Like, could you imagine? Like, Like, okay, let me ask you this. You do that junket. You see oh. this huge mind-blowing moment. You can't talk about it. But like, does that drive yeah. you nuts that like you have Shyamalan in front of you and you can't maybe you ask yeah, it we to did hold the, it?
2: We did the junket and we didn't. No, we did get him. We did get him. What about us. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah we got him for old. Yeah. We got on your tailored Yeah. No, oh, no, no not old. Split. We sorry, got him sorry. for split. We did do a junket for split and I'd have to go back and look at how we handled yeah. it. Yeah. I did the glass definitely...
3: junket. You had a glass. Did you? Yeah.
2: Hmm. Anyway. All right. We got to move on uh, this week in movies. If you have a subscription to Prime Video, you can see Jennifer Lopez and Josh Duhamel, Josh yes. and Jennifer yeah. Coolidge, uh, in a movie called Shotgun Wedding. No one here on the show has seen it, but I will mention that Corey Gisola for Cinema Blend uh, did get a chance to see it and gave it four stars. So, um, if you like Corey. <laughs> he's great uh you people it's coming you're to, Netflix, to Corey, uh, i guess and the three of us have all seen it um i'm gonna uh, well, i'll go first and throw it around the horn i i, I like this i gave it I, I ended up giving it three and a half i think um it, it is a traditional you know sort of meet the parents type comedy where uh Jonah Hill, and I don't know the name of that actress, unfortunately. Lauren you know, London. The name of the actress? She was in Lauren ATL. London.
3: She's great. Oh, yeah. uh, was
2: she? Okay. Yeah. I never watched ATL. Um, T. They uh, fall in love with each other and then um, are planning a wedding and their parents have to meet for the first time. And on one side, it's uh, Eddie Murphy and Nia Long. And on the other side, it's Julie Louis-Dreyfus and David Duchovny. Uh, but a lot of the chemistry is in a very, you know, the same way that it was Ben Stiller and... Robert De Niro, it's Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill. And I, I really enjoyed the two of them playing off of each other. I think Jonah Hill was extremely funny. I think Eddie Murphy was really funny. I think the bits that they came up to put them into were awkward and uncomfortable. And I thought that they milked it for for what they need to get out of it. Nothing spectacular, But um, I got some good laughs out of it. So I ended up going out three, three and a half. Kev, where were you with
3: it? Yeah, to me, it was really it was fun. I mean, Jake and I saw it together. I laughed a lot. It was, you know, have I thought about the movie a lot since? Not necessarily, but I mean, it was entertaining. I think three and a half is a really good rating for it. Um, It's on Netflix this weekend. Uh, I I could see that being a fun Saturday night movie to watch. Um, It's rated R. I believe. I remember being rated, oh, rated. R. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah it is. It's, it's very, very, R, very, yeah. very, very rated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it, some of the things that the film works cause the, there's, there's, a, there's an awkwardness to the comedy. That's really kind of well done. Like there's a dinner yeah. sequence, which is really, really in, uh, like it's, it's a very like almost tense comedy sequence to watch. Um, And, you know, everybody, Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill are great. I think Jonah Hill is fantastic in this. I love Lauren London. I mean, she's really, really amazing in this as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, is it groundbreaking? Is it the best comedy I've seen in years? No, but I mean, it definitely made me laugh. Like I was for two hours. I my mind was turned off. I was enjoying a. Uh, an, uh, an R rated comedy felt like old school kind of watching like an, uh, you know, an R rated comedy again. Cause we don't really get I them as much. Who directed
2: it? Did anybody of note direct?
3: It was it? Um, Kenya um, Barris. Let oh, me double Kenya check. Barris. Who, who co-wrote Barris. the film with John Yeah. yeah. With and, Jonah, Kenya, right. Kenya, and Kenya Barris, uh, you know, he, I think I want to say it's his directorial debut, but obviously he's been involved in blackish and black-ish Grownish, and, and he, yeah, he, he's yeah. uh, very talented. And um, yeah, we got a chance to talk uh, to him the interview he as well the but he,
2: barbershop movies as well too um one of them at least because i asked him about that because anthony yes. anderson shows up so he wrote barbershop, barbershop. then
3: he wrote the next yeah. cut he also wrote girls trip he also wrote okay. um i'm trying to think oh he was a uh Oh okay just, okay never mind coming to america too. he wrote coming to america yeah uh cheaper by the dozen he wrote the one with gabrielle union and zach braff um, but you people, I believe, is his directorial debut. And it looks like, I don't know if this is accurate. Is he directing a Wizard of Oz movie? That's what I don't know if Wikipedia right. says it. Say, uh, it says not, he's attached to written we have Wizard written of Oz. About
2: that. I'm not sure if it's That's interesting or not, but he's developing it, I think.
3: I also want to point out uh, that, yeah, no. go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, what? No, no, I was just saying the uh, the music in the film is great, too. Great soundtrack, great it score. It is good. Yeah, really good. I mean, there, there, there's a really, like, there's some really funny bits with the music as well, so.
2: Uh, Jakey, where are you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't think I ever, um, broke through that ceiling of like, Oh my God, I truly love this. Uh, like you said, it's, it's very reminiscent of, it's a little bit of Guess who's coming to dinner. It's a, it's a little bit of meet the parents. Um, but unfortunately whenever you make comparisons to movies like that, you also have to add the stipulation of it's not as good as either one of those. So Mm. it's sort of one of those. I enjoyed it like for, you know, the, the two hour span that I spent with it. But if I'm going to watch, A a movie that reminds me of better movies it's just sort of like, well, then why wouldn't I watch the better movies?
3: Yeah, and also to Jake's point, like Eddie Murphy, like, like, and again, I'm only comparing these because they were both Netflix movies. But I thought Dolomite was way funnier. Oh, Um, oh talking about like like, deserving an Oscar nomination! That was a great, great comedy, and and again, it's just because they're both Netflix movies. But like, if you really want to see a really funny Eddie Murphy movie on Netflix, watch Dolomite because it's hilarious.
2: Uh, Jake, stay with us and, and review Brandon Cronenberg's Infinity Pool. You're the only one of us that have seen it. And it's is it opening already? It's yeah, Friday. Off. Wow. Yeah, right. Right? Oh, wow. Interesting. And this is, right. this yeah. is not
3: about this is not an Avengers meets Deadpool thing, right? This is something different. That's unfortunate. Well, you're spoiling unfortunate. the post credit yeah. scene. But oh, sh- yeah, Kevin, <laughs> um, I love, 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 love this movie. And
1: um, which is interesting because I did not love his last film, Possessor. Uh, This film, I I just didn't do it for me. This film um, is the movie that that the purge films wish they had the balls to be. Basically, the premise is this American couple is uh, on vacation in this resort in sort of this fictional uh, sort of country that is considered to be kind of a, a, a poorer country. And they go out with another couple and get drunk and they're driving around and they hit and kill someone. They're arrested, taken to prison and are told that in the country's law, if you kill someone, you're executed like there's no trial. There's no you're you're killed. That's what that's. In fact, the family of the person you killed gets to kill you. That's the law. <laughs> there is, however, a loophole. And the loophole is if you have enough money, you can have a clone created of you. That's an exact replica with all of your memories. It is you to a T and that clone Will be executed. But you have and to watch that. You have to watch. Die. You have to watch them be killed. So all the while, like they're screaming <laughs> to you. Like, oh, But <laughs> this is where it gets interesting. Because <laughs> then Alexander Skarsgård and his wife meet a group of Americans who continue to return to this resort and this country because they're all super rich. And they have all figured out that through this loophole, they can basically do whatever the hell they want because once they're arrested, they just pay the money to have the clone made and the clone right. is executed. So it's basically <laughs> presents in a much more interesting way what? than the purge ever did. Who would you become if you didn't have consequences? And it really creates wow. this great, fascinating social commentary. And yes, like uh, his father's films and his own films before this, it There are uber sequences of sex and violence, though, to be fair, I don't think the violence is. Yes, there are moments where I sort of had to go, oh, man, ah, but like not to the degree that I was really expecting. I was more shocked by the degree of sexuality. And nudity and like things that I'm pretty sure I saw, but like it was a quick edit, so I'm not sure if I saw it or not. In terms of under under the umbrella of sex, then I more so was in violence. Talking about uh, Alexander's, Alexander's- Scar Cigars? Yeah, more than you know. More <laughs> than you know. Um, so I truly love this film. Again, like, you know. And it's so fulfilling because for years I would get so frustrated watching the Purge films because I always felt like there's such an interesting social commentary here. But it's squeezed into a mediocre B horror film. And this is the film that I wanted it to be like a great, truly great horror film that tackles that fascinating theme of like, are we truly good people or are we good people because there are consequences to their actions? And without those consequences, who would you be?
2: Interesting. All right. Well, that's going wide and that's Brandon Cornerberg. So um, we're going to br- bring this to a close uh, and land this lengthy episode of Real Blend, which, um, again, cover the Oscars and we'll continue to talk about the Academy Awards as we lead up to the March 12th telecast. So our next premium episode, as mentioned at the beginning of the show, you can sign up for Real Blend Premium by going to the description and finding out uh, how to sign up for that. And we're doing a mailbag. We got through some really interesting questions. We recorded this one yesterday. A lot of fun. Check the description below. Keep sending your questions in to Gabe. He will work them around and make sure that we get to them uh, and give you some really good answers. In the meantime, follow us on social media. We are at Jake's Takes at Kevin McCarthy TV at Sean underscore O'Connell at Gabe Kovach. And the show is at Real Blend. Uh, I'm tired, boys. This is a long one. This is a long one. Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah.
3: Oppenheimer. (laughs)
2: Larry Crown. We need something for this year. What's Oppenheimer. this year? Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer, yeah. man. Oppenheimer. Good, yeah. fellas? Oh, Good fellas. Good,
1: Good fellas. fellas.
2: <laughs> Good fellas.
1: Scorsese has a movie coming out. Oh, oh that's, 40, right. that's right. That's right. That's yeah. right.
3: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving.